success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. Here again with Damon and Matt, I'm Jennifer Perry. And remember, if you have questions for us, you can always reach out to us through our website at successinthenewretirement.com. Drop us an email there. You guys actually really enjoy answering questions. This is what you do there in the office. You do educational workshops too. I mean, you really have made it your mission to teach people about, okay, I don't know about annuities. I don't know about my 401k options. I don't know about taxes. You cover just about anything that people have questions about. You have to understand all of those things. If you're going to build a financial plan and you're missing one piece or you've got something that's costing you a bunch of money or you're wasting money to Uncle Sam or, or any of those things, if you're not focused on everything, then you're going to have some weakness in the plan. So we try to address it. We try to build a comprehensive plan that you're being efficient in every part of your plan because that means your money is going to last as long as you do. And that's the whole idea behind the book, too, which is also called Success in the New Retirement. Easy to find on Amazon if you're looking for it there. And uh, it gets great reviews, guys, for good reason, because you cover a lot of these topics in the book, but in a way that people can actually understand but I told you last week, I wanted to kind of skip ahead in the book to actually to start. I don't know what my you know third grade teacher would say about that. I remember having to read things in order when we were growing up. But we're going <laughs> to skip ahead to what you call some of the keys to navigating the new retirement. And number one that you mentioned in the book is a term that I think a lot of us have heard before, diversification. You also mentioned correlation. And before we start geeking out on this on today's show, I wanted to actually kind of break it down to things that people can actually understand, because you do a good job of this in the book, talking about actually the players on the field in a football game. A lot of us can understand that football analogy. But Matt, you mentioned in the book your favorite quarterback of all time. I'm going to have to disagree with you, though. But uh, who was yours? Well, growing up, I was a huge fan of the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, if you just turned off the podcast, I understand because I don't (laughs) like them anymore. But but I loved Danny White and I loved the Cowboys at that time. So that was my hero. And I remember actually as a kid, a buddy of mine had an autograph of Danny White and he ended up giving it to me for my birthday. Oh, and I thought it was the greatest gift. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know where it's at now. I literally need to go back and look at my scrapbook. But yeah. uh, but he was my hero. So, you know, I, I was like literally trying to do everything to become an NFL quarterback. I was trying the diet. I was doing everything. You talk and about that in the book. I thought that was funny. You could have been a, a football quarterback. Instead, you're a financial advisor. Weird. Well, what's funny is I literally only played one season of tackle football. So, you know, my parents wouldn't let me play <laughs> until eighth grade and then by the time I played everybody else already knew the plays and I was stuck as the wide receiver that just ran down the field and no one threw it to me so (laughs) I went to baseball okay switch sports it's okay but uh, what about you Damon were you big into sports back in the day and who's your favorite quarterback of all time played all the sports I love playing I actually played all through uh, high school uh, football and loved it played as a receiver and a a defensive back and uh, just a, a lot of fun but I grew up in Seattle and there was not very you know real inspiring quarterbacks there we had Steve Largent, who was the slowest ride receiver that, you know, was awesome. (laughs) So I, I, you know, we always, uh, when we were out playing in the street, I was always Steve Largent, but uh, didn't, didn't really have a, a favorite quarterback. Okay. And didn't quite have the moves to make a professional career out of that yourself either. So here you guys are helping people instead with their financial game plans. And that's actually worked out okay for both of you. But uh, when I'm looking at my favorite quarterback of all time, you might feel free to disagree with me on this, but I think my favorite is Peyton Manning. 
of Colts and, of course, Broncos fame. He led both of those teams to Super Bowl wins back in the day and retired just a few years ago. But I thought, guys, something that he said was really interesting to those who were getting ready for retirement and kind of thinking back on their lives, what they've accomplished and what they still hope to accomplish. Listen to what he said. In college, my business teachers use the term ROI, return on investment. Football coaches call it working your butt off. Growing up, my family often spoke in terms of climbing to the top of a mountain because no one just lands on its summit. I loved his speech there, guys. Uh, Toward the end of his career, he was thinking about that. But do people kind of look at their own careers that same way, like they've kind of made it to the top of that mountain and now it's time to go enjoy that success? Yeah, I think everybody has that goal to be successful and to provide for their family and then eventually get to that point where they can say, okay, now I don't need to work. I can relax. I can enjoy time. And I think that's all of our goals. And I love how, you know, and in fact, I was, I'm going to talk about it when I'm talking about that Everstein race that I'm doing. But Steve Young, when he was talking about his career, another, you know, really top quarterback, he talked about how he felt like when he was with the 49ers, his path going up against Joe Montana and having to replace Joe Montana, he called it his Everest. Hmm. And and Peyton Manning talks about, you know, reaching the summit. And so, we're, you know, that's an analogy that people can understand because we've all seen the Rocky movie, you know, where, you know, he's fighting the Russian and he's out training. He climbs the, the mountain and gets to the very top. And, you know, you feel like you've accomplished something. And, yeah. and that's what we're trying to do in our in our lives, with our families, with with our careers, with our finances. We're all trying to achieve a goal so that we can move forward with some of the other things that we envision and, and the dreams that we have. But we're hoping, guys, I think that our money, our savings is actually going to help push us toward that goal. And I think we all kind of wonder, have we done enough? And when's the right time then to walk away and retire? So as we kind of move into today's lesson here on diversification and correlation, I wanted to turn to another quarterback who he's kind of a guy, you either love him or you hate him. And you or already you love know. To hate him. Yeah, you right? already know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> of course, it's Tom Brady, who I don't know how many Super Bowl rings he has now. I think one for every finger, but. Uh, no, six, <laughs> six now. Six, he's six. he's starting on the six. next hand. Okay, so he's on to hand number two there. But uh, at the end of last season, he talked to ESPN about when he might retire is about uh, 90% of the nation wishes he would. <laughs> <laughs> what would stop you from playing? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's just, I'm going to know. I'm going to know when the time's right. And I'm going to feel like, okay, I've, you know, I've kind of had enough. And, you know, I've been, I don't quite feel like that yet. I feel like, you know, I've still made a lot of improvements. And I still feel like, you know, I can, I can continue to do it at a championship level. And I think that's, you know, where I was at before. And that's still where I'm at now. So, guys, it sounds like he might have some time left here. And for a lot of our listeners here on the Success in the New Retirement podcast, just because you've sought us out, we know you're kind of thinking maybe along those same lines. You've got this time horizon that you're looking at. But when you're getting to this stage, guys, we have to start thinking about those portfolio players, don't we? Absolutely. You know, what's interesting is retiring actually can be a pretty emotional time too, mm-hmm. um, because you're, you're ending something, right. And you're starting something new that you're, you're not really real connected or you really don't know exactly how it's going to all work. And, and as I was thinking about this and thinking about these two quarterbacks that you mentioned, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, my first reaction to the question, who would I, who do I like mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, yeah. Peyton Manning all the way. Why? 
because I think I've connected with him emotionally and I like him better. Yeah. He's right? just Everyone, a likable dude. Yeah. Everybody likes to, you know, hate Tom Brady, but then <laughs> as a, then my analytical mind come in and, and my financial planner mind comes out. I said, you know, I, I'm going to look at some of these stats. Mm-hmm. And of course you, know, you did. I one mean, one of the things that, that was really interesting that kind of relates to this correlation diversification thing is if you look at and some of them, you know, stats only tell part of the story. One stat said that in a weighted average, Peyton Manning is the number one quarterback. Right? Okay. Yes. Woo. But then if you look at other things like TDs to interception ratio, Tom Brady has a better TD to interception ratio, mm-hmm. which would be like something we call, you know, standard deviation, which means Tom Brady is going to throw less interceptions per every TD versus Peyton Manning may have thrown more TDs, but he's also thrown more interceptions. So huh. he's more volatile. He's okay. the stock he's that, more volatile. that takes you on the, the more emotional ride, huh. right? And so, you know, it's interesting to look at and you need really a coach to kind of help you look at that and to say, at the end of the day, we may have emotional ties to certain stocks or different ways of investing or emotional negativity towards certain investments. But if we can't look at it clearly and say, what do we really want? Because every retiree I ask does not want an emotional ride in you know the ups and downs of the stock market. They want consistency and they want to be able to live a peaceful, you know, happy retirement riding off into the sunset. They don't want to be stressed one day flying high the next. They want consistency. And so, you know, this is where diversification, correlation, you know, comes into play to be able to help people understand how does this apply to me in my retirement? And and that's really comes down to education and what we, what we try to do. Well, and the analogy that we use in the book is, again, I think any person that's got a favorite NFL football team, if Peyton Manning was in his prime or Tom Brady was willing to switch to their team, they'd take him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. We can we can say yes, we hate this absolutely. guy, but man, we would take him on our team for sure. But the analogy we put is even if you could clone Tom Brady and make 11 of them, <laughs> that's not going to make you a good football team, right? right? So, right. so you can't have 11 Tom Brady's on the football field. You need a lineman. You need a running back. You need a Julian Edelman that can go out for the pass. We've seen Tom Brady go out for a pass. It is not pretty. It's not pretty at right? all, no. <laughs> so, so diversification is saying, okay, I need this part, but I also need these other parts to make my plan work really well. And so a football team is made up of some big guys on the front that can block and a couple of receivers that are quick that can go out for a pass and a running back and all that. And that's what makes a great offense. Now, to Damon's point, you know, you also have Bill Belichick, who's you know yep. probably the greatest coach ever. And he is kind of coordinating all of that. Tom Brady can't do it by himself. And he comes up with the game plan, and then they all go and execute their part of the plan. And so, you know, Damon and I, we feel like, hey, one of the things that we do and help our clients do is, again, we're not out there, you know, growing the money and running the companies that are generating the dividends and the returns. But we can help that person build a plan, pick the right components so they have a diversified plan so it produces the consistent results that they're looking for. And that's what leads to a lot of success. And so I think there's a lot of analogies with sports that you can tie into creating a good financial plan. And and it's really important to understand that, you know, you can't just have one of one thing Mm -hmm. because it's really not going to be successful. And it sounds easy, guys, when you're using some of the football analogies there. And I know that most of our listeners know that diversification is important with their portfolios. 
but most of us have no idea how truly diversified we are. Is that the case when a lot of people come in and sit down with you guys for the first time? And how do you help people really understand how diversified they are and how much risk they're actually taking? Well, I think the misconception is that people, you know, they look at their statements and they've got like 30 different funds Mm -hmm. and they're like, I am diversified. I was told, I mean, we all know I need to be diversified. That's like a constant, you know, thing that we're, that's driven into our heads the moment we start taking a, a finance class at school or, you know, you hear it on the headlines. But the problem is, is what we find is you have 30 different funds that act like two or three because they all are going up and down the same. I mean, if you have a mutual fund that's following the S&P 500 and you have another mutual fund that's made up of large cap stocks like Apple and Intel and some of these others, it's probably going to behave very similar. They're going to be very correlated, meaning they're going to go up and down in sync together. And so the key is when you're building a financial plan is have some that are going up when others are going down. And so that way, when the market has a bad day, when it has a bad week, when it has a bad month, not all of your funds are having a bad day, a bad week, and a bad month. And so you have some of these things that are giving you the consistent returns and it will do well when the market's not doing so good. And I think that's really critical that you understand that it's more than just having a bunch of stocks and, and holdings on a sheet of paper, but how do they work together? And you guys actually kind of map that out and show people what that actually looks like. And it's kind of like the coach with the whiteboard in the locker room at football <laughs> games. You really get out the pieces and show them their different players and how that all works. Absolutely. And, and you know, just to go back to the same Bill Belichick, you know, I think what he's been able to do is to get the most out of his players and being able to see the different skill sets that they have from a Rob Gronkowski to a Julian Edelman or, or different people that may not look the part. You know, Julian Edelman's a pretty small guy. Yeah. Right. You know, and he's been able to use people like that, that do the consistent, you know, little five step, you know, turn around, get the pass, these little short passes versus the guy that is more sexy, who's going to do the long bomb or Randy Moss. You know, mm-hmm. they all have a place and you can't win without having all of those different pieces in place. And, and that's really what it comes down to is there, you know, it's a new retirement. It's not just Social Security and pension, which is going to make up 90 percent of my nut. You have to be able to have something that's consistently providing income and very efficient and then something else that's going to be doing the growth part of it. And then the defensive end who's really fast, who's going to come in and sack the quarterback, right? That's mm-hmm. going to, you know, that maybe that's your small cap stock that, that really just hits it sometimes. You know, it's a combination of different things that really makes a success in the new retirement possible. It's different, yes, but very possible. You know, we talk about that in our book. And so, you know, again, if you're listening, you want to get more information, send us an email, go onto our website, grab a copy of the book. We're happy to send that out to you. But we're going to go through this and help you understand some of these concepts and make it simple because at the end of the day, you've got to be educated first and then you're going to know where to act. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.